the, the history it's, it's written by sometimes by those who has like ambition you know uh, they want to write the, the history. Welcome to the Chill Out Tent podcast. Today, David Keenan reading from his book, Exterbeth. Christian Len talking about his book, Balearic, an oral history of club culture in Ibiza. And Peter Croce from Detroit talking about how dancing brings you closer to the now. Exterbeth. Afterwards, after the golf was over, but before the party had started, we walked around the links. Why do they call golf courses links? Links in a great chain, one invisible shot in the future, one random position, never to be repeated. And then the next, how do you link them together? How do you make sense? At the hotel there were men and there were women, mostly dowdy women. Golfers get groupies, my father said. Just like a rock show, only with less makeup. The party had spilled out one in the street. The golfers and the women and the fans were standing around tables outside the hotel. At the bandstand across the hotel, the Scottish pipe band were performing in full Scottish regalia. Some golfers began to sing along. Some Scottish golfers, no doubt. And some Americans. About a flower that bloomed in Scotland once. Sun was orange and luxurious and smouldery. It was an evening for romance for drunken nostalgia. The famous golfer saw us and made his way over. I played bagpipe music to my unborn baby, he said. Why did he tell us that? It's good for them, he said. Drone music makes brains grow in peace, he said. Drone music, my father said. Do you like the Velvet Underground, he said. Lou Reed, never heard of them, famous golfer said. Golfers are poor taste in music, I learned. Except when it's prenatal, then expect anything. The only thing my father and the famous golfer could agree on was Steely Dan. What do you think of St Andrews? My father asked the famous golfer. There are whores everywhere, he said. It's unexpected. I mean in a place like St Andrews, he said. This was a surprising comment. He was famous enough to be able to steer the conversation, I realised. Famous enough to steer it somewhere else without question. Plus, he was drunk. There are streetwalkers everywhere. At night, he said. Haven't you noticed? Where? My father asked him. We were new to town, he explained. On the scores, he said. They don't call it the scores for nothing, he said. Do you like whores? Famous golfer asked my father. Oh yes, he said. My father was also drunk by this point. I love whores, he said. I felt like I might as well not be there. But then I felt like the whole conversation was directed towards me. I felt like a tennis ball between two men again. But this thing like a golf ball. Russian whores are the most beautiful in the world, my father said. It's hard to disagree, the famous golfer agreed. They fly whores in for the golf in St Andrews, the famous golfer said. There are opportunities for everyone. That was obviously aimed at me, I thought. Anyway, he said, who likes vodka? We laughed and said, of course, even though inside we rolled our eyes. Some more famous golfers got so drunk that they danced on a table. Another one pulled up a woman's dress while he was dancing with her to reveal black stockings. Do you believe in the saints? The famous golfer asked me. We were sat at a table on our own. My father was with another drunken golfer. Like St Andrew, he said. Do you believe in reincarnation? I laughed then. This is a typical Russian chart line. You mean like St Peter, I said. 
but the golfer creased his nose, his small plain nose. I mean it, he said. I think you go on and on forever, he said. I think that at some point you get to live every life. But how will you know it is you that is doing it? I asked him. Doesn't matter, he said. You is you, always. Then he shrugged. Let's ask your father, he said. Father, he shouted. That's what he called him then, father, he said. Do you believe in the saints coming back forever, he said. My father came over drunk. I'll tell you about the saints, he said. Does anyone have a guitar? He asked the room. Now we're talking, a drunken golfer said. Someone produced an acoustic guitar from behind the bar. My father sat down on a stool. The room became silent, except for some women and men who picked up their drinks and moved outside. My father began to pick at the strings in hypnotic style. One bass string, up and down. One bass string. Then he began to sing. He began to sing like an old man from out of the past. The lives of the saints, he sang. E minor. They're awful funny. E minor. They're awful funny, he sang. They're awful funny. Take the saint that hung on, he sang. E minor. Take the saint that let go, E minor, droning. They're awful funny, in their way, he sang. E minor. Take the saint that woke up, he sang. That woke up to himself, one day, he sang. E minor. Now isn't that funny, he sang. E minor. And he looked around himself while he sang. The lives of the saints are awful funny, he sang. They're awful funny. They're awful funny. Then he played an unaccompanied solo on the high strings. An unaccompanied solo that sounded like ascending a high tower on a spiral staircase. Then throwing yourself off the top. The sun sinks into the quiet sea, he sang. E minor. The sun sinks into the quiet sea. E minor. The lives of the saints are awful funny, he sang. They're awful funny. They're awful funny. They're awful funny. Well, so I'm, I'm Christian Len. Uh, I would define myself uh, in a way as a journalist, but I'm also working in all things uh, related with music. Uh, basically, yeah, since, uh, I don't know, I'm 38 now uh, living in Barcelona. And since I have 16 years old, uh, I wanted to um, dedicate my life to music and, and I, uh, I got it. So I'm, I feel really lucky. So you've written a book, which is called Balearic, the history, oral history of club culture in Ibiza, you and Luis Costa. And it's basically, well, do you want to describe it for me? Just like, what's the book about? Uh, it's an oral history. So uh, the book is, let's say, edited by, by us, but it's written by the people that lived that history. And uh, it begins uh, in, the, in the 50s. Even before, uh, it begins with uh, in the year that uh, Pepe Rasayo was born, actually, in, in the 36th. And it comes to till now, to the 2020s. So it's uh, seven, uh, 79 um, uh, people that build that history that we know in Ibiza now. And uh, we interview them. Um, and we took all their interviews and create the dialogue, a dialogue uh, between them. Uh, as I tell you, since the beginning of the of the scene in Ibiza in the 50s till till now. So it's a fantastic story. All the all these crazy things that happened in the island. And, but we were talking that there's this there's some connection between all the stories and all these layers of history. And it's something to do with the magic of the islands and some kind of escape from somewhere else. So yeah, the magic is always present in 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 Ibiza. 
I would say even if it's white magic or black magic in terms of that uh, some great things can happen to you. Uh, you can feel moments of peace, of uh, wisdom, of uh, bliss, and uh, you can uh, feel the other uh, the, the other way, no? The, the cows, the so it's a it's like something bigger than you is controlling you in a in a way uh, in Ibiza, and that's something that happens also in. It's funny because it happens also in in, in the, a lot of the books of the universal literature. You know, it's like destiny, magic, how the something that is bigger than you controls you in a way. So that element it's kind of present in in Ibiza, in your life, in every place in the world. But in Ibiza, it's like everything is is more intense. So tell us about um, going back really far. Tell us about Bess, the god of dancing. Well, uh, Ibiza, it's, it's called after Bess. It's a, it's a god, it's a Phoenician god, actually. Phoenician were, were one of the first people that uh, arrived to the island, like 3,000 years before Christ. So they had this god that uh, it was like a kind of dwarf uh, with a really big penis, actually. Really funny and uh, really, I don't know how to say, really playful. So this uh, god were actually the god that was were protecting the houses, and uh, was all also the 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 god of of dancing and music. I'm I'm talking about three thousand years before Christ, so uh, it's a long time ago. Uh, and this is the story a story that actually in the book uh, Lenny Bizarre is is telling that um, this god between a, a war between the, the north and the and the south of a, a civil war um, they were the two armies uh, about to to have a battle actually and uh, best get to the place and get in the middle of the of the armies and become be, began to dance and uh, when he began to dance really funny and uh, really playful both armies begin to dance also and they just forgot about uh, the the war about about the fight so um this story is like in a way it's explaining the the personality of ibiza three thousand years before christ and that's amazing actually and also tani that uh it's uh, the goddess of love uh, uh she is a protector of, of ibiza so it's music it's it's love it's sex it's, it's fertility so the the amazing thing of ibiza is that it conserves the energy of the story in uh in in their lands uh that's something that is like amazing actually and i like the way that um the name of bess loops round and then comes back in the in the 1990s in the form of a dancer in the happy mondays yeah 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 that's that's really that's really funny mm, new order came on the 88 to record technique actually because um they wanted to record it in london but they thought that in london they they were about to be distracted because they knew a lot of people and they they were quite quite ravers uh, and in that time, a few, uh, as as you know, the the acid house ex explosion uh, got UK. So they decided to go to Ibiza. Like now, if you think it's, it doesn't make sense, no, because it's like you are escaping from uh, from from the raving in UK and you go to Ibiza because Ibiza was not that popular in that moment. So they got there 
they were about to record the technique in the uh, Studios Paradiso, uh, Mediterraneo, sorry. And they just spent finally six months in Ibiza. They just recorded four tracks, not, not songs, just little drum tracks or uh, like almost nothing. And while they were doing, uh, being in Ibiza, uh, having fun and, and uh, going from club to club and actually uh, destroying 11 cars, uh, they, they had uh, 11 crash, crash cars, uh, rental cars, uh, that, that appears in the book also, Peter Hook say, says it. So they invited some different people from, from the scene in Manchester. One of their friends were Happy Mondays. And uh, as you know, the guy that is dancing, uh, just dancing, very playful, uh, Bess is an essential part of the group. Um, it's called like Bess. But actually, they didn't know. They they discovered that in Ibiza, uh, and actually, they, their mind exploded. No, uh, suddenly, Bess uh, discovered that he was doing the same as a Phoenician god of of dance and music. So, so it's like the reincarnation of a of a god. And it's like the the place is always about. For me, it's always been about. Um, what you were saying before about extremes like you can f you can f have the best day of your life and the worst day of your life probably on the same day and everything about it seems to be about extreme like there's the the nature is very powerful and it's can be paradise but in the winter it's very difficult place um do you think this is something to do with the how it has developed i always say that Ibiza is a, is a reflex of the world, of, of humanity, actually, of human being, but in a very extreme uh, thing. It's like a, it's a big reflection. So the, the spirituality that you can find there, uh, on, on the other hand, uh, the, the frivolity and the, the capitalism, the extreme capitalism that you can find, it's just um, a reflex of, of yeah, of, of humanity this so so this extreme thing is also how life works no like you need you need day to have night you need uh some sadness to discover happiness and and ibiza it's it's a, an example of that um dj harvey says also in the book that that uh ibiza is a is a very ding yang place and um, it's like a it's like a pleasure machine, actually, uh, with different uh, elements that make this uh, machine works. If you take out some of these elements that would be like different from each other, uh, then you don't have uh, the Ibiza. So so you need um, the the rich people, you need the the middle class people or, or the or the worker class people that go just to dance. Uh, you need the the farmers of Ibiza. You need the the hippie that uh, hack trees. Uh, you need some of the normal people that live in Ibiza. Uh, you need all to create that pleasure machine. So so at the end, these extremes put you in situation of what the human being is, and these extremes also demonstrates what's what is life that it's about uh, yin yang. There's some interesting stories. Um in the book about Carl Cox. As you know, in, in the UK, the accepted history is that 
um, Danny Rampling and Paul Oakenfold, blah, 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 went to Ibiza and discovered the island and sold it to the world. But in, in the book, Carl Cox is talking to you and he was there from the early 80s. Um, on his, it sounds like on his own, just going around, finding out about the world. Carl Cox discovered Ibiza because he was like watching magazines from the, the early 80s of clubs, uh, the first clubs around the world. He was really into into the um, into into sound, into into uh, into in engineering. Uh, he actually built his own sound system, and yet he discovered. Uh, the islands because because of these magazines and he decided he, that he wanted to go and he went on his own and he discovered the island properly uh, and he fell in love with with the island in in the in the early 80s much before than than Ockham for rambling, rambling and all this the the history it's it's written by sometimes by those who has like ambition you know uh, they want to write the the history, and there's a good thing about that. But sometimes it's a, a little bit unfair for those that don't have this 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 ambition. And uh, a good example is is uh, Carl Cox, but actually he finally uh, has a, a really really great success, as you all know. But I like to I like to put as, as an example Nancy Noise. So Nancy. For me, it represents uh, the real, the, the passion about, because uh, she went to Ibiza first year on, on uh, 86, uh, actually before, uh, but he, uh, she uh, discovered amnesia in 86. And uh, she explains everything with, uh, with that passion for, for music and for, and, uh, for what uh, she was living there and uh, the way of dancing, the way of discovering the music, the the opener clubs, how she came back to London and and were remembering Ibiza. That it's also like really related with that that Balearic state of mind. That it's like traveling with your imagination somewhere. And uh, she's pure, she's really pure. And she just were like uh, DJing afterwards um, because because of passion also. So she didn't want to to build anything like like an empire. Probably Paul Oakenfold didn't have that idea of building an empire, but he, he was like projecting things to a business side. Uh, he was really a, a businessman and he, he, he was uh, writing for Boys On Magazine and, and uh, he knew a little bit how to, how to build that history that now uh, it's a history that m most population uh, knows so yeah that's that's how things work if you could go back in time what era would you go back to in Ibiza what do you think would 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 be the best moment for you to visit for me is is 86 87 88 um just a little bit before the explosion and uh like leaving that before that explosion and then leaving the the moment where acid house and, and ecstasy came to the island in that moment where it, it was a mo moment of of openness of freedom uh musically speaking uh it was a the real mixture of balearic uh in opener clubs so 
I think there's there's the the essence of of what Valeric means, um, where where pop music uh, meets uh, reggae music with uh, soundtracks, um, with the first acid house. Uh, it was no prejudices, um, and imagine all this in an open air, and suddenly a new drug comes, and everybody get their head explode, no. Um, I think that moment would be like the one that I that I that I would go. Do you think you can find the Balearic spirit now after the pandemic, after a year with no, with almost no tourists? Do you, do you think the Balearic spirit will still be there in the rocks? Actually, 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 the the Balearic spirit is in the rocks. I was saying before, and uh, and that's something that I really believe that. Places uh, in in one hand, places has a their own personality in terms of how is the place, what's the weather, uh, what what's made of this place, where are located, no? What what they say that's a little bit esoteric, no? What they say the ley lines and all these and the 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 board, the energetic vortex they say Ibiza it's a it's an energetic vortex like the Bermuda tri- triangle for example but also you have this this the nature thing the, that is that is amazing that makes you feel f- free uh because you you f- you feel blessed uh, in, in in nature that gives a personality to the place but also the whole history of people that came to the island, everything that happens from Phoenician, Romans, Arabs, pirates, Catalans, uh, the, the, the very poor moment of the uh, civil war, all the Bidniks and even the pre-Bidniks like Walter Benjamin wa- was uh, living there, uh, Dada is um, Albert Camus. I mean, there were a, a lot of things that happened in Ibiza that convert this place in a kind of refugees uh, place, of escape place. So everything, all this, of course, a hippie, the hippie thing, uh, and then the, the club culture, freedom, all, all this, all this remains in the rocks of, of Ibiza. It's something that that gave a personality to the island. That's why, in a way, you are you are under the control of it it's because it's something bigger than than you that's that's i think the this i would say the the the, the secret secret thing that we don't really know uh about ibiza i think it, it's related with all this junction of, of elements cool yeah my name is peter croce based here in Detroit, Michigan, USA. I uh, am a DJ, producer, multi-instrumentalist, and uh, I started the label Rocksteady Disco almost seven years ago. And uh, I also manage Motor City Wine Recordings label. So Peter, um, you send you send a mail out, out as many people do, um, but yours can sometimes be a little esoteric. Like the last yeah. one, the last one that you sent started like this. Love must always precede knowledge. I was kind of inspired by that to talk to you about, hey, what's this guy talking about? Because he's talking about his brain. He's not talking just about music. So what, what was your motivation for, for doing this, this interesting mail? Music, to me, as a 
like I started playing bass in 2004 when I was a little kid and, and it's just music to me has been, I guess, a connection to the divine without sounding too ridiculous. And I just wanted to reach the people I care about and fans in a way that um, just kind of took what was in my head and, and put the pen to paper proverbially. Um, and music has been the way that I feel like it has opened my heart helped me move from my head to my heart and to my body because it's not like I grew up a dancer or anything. I remember the first time I ever danced was at Movement Festival, at, aka Techno Festival here in Detroit, and I just was like so afraid to dance, but music hits you and you guys start moving. You know what I mean? So, so you, I just wanted to share what, was, uh, what I've been feeling and keeping bottled up. So you're talking this thing about um, growing up and feeling weird and putting that feeling of weirdness into trying to be cleverer than your mates yeah it's kind of um i like this uh, the explanation you're saying that you you were taught to pick arguments with people and kind of outsmart them um but you're trying to move beyond this idea of i mean i'm i'm, I'm i i do the same thing you know i've got as you call it yeah, i think so take, many of us do <laughs> a hot take on every subject and you try and deal with your day-to-day -day anxiety by trying to beat your mum into submission on a particular subject or your best friend or um, right. and you're trying to move beyond that in some way so where, where have you got to with this process <laughs> i've uh i've gotten to the beginning of a of a contemplative practice where i just in just mindfulness meditation um i'm not very good at it if i can do it 10 minutes a day that's like magical uh but I, I don't even do it that often um it's just the main thing is i think there's just an interesting thing happening right now where neuroscience is saying the same things that like world religion has been saying for for like centuries um which is like all we have right is the present moment and uh i think it's really interesting the way that mindfulness meditation like they teach like kindergartners mindfulness meditation in a lot of like kind of cool uh, hippie schools here in the states and I think we're just playing catch up to a, a kind of universal truth that which is that we need to quiet our minds if we want to soften our hearts and I think I talked about it in the email but like letting my mind go wild and trying to out litigate people and trying to out clever people and all this um, led to like literal clinical anxiety and depression and of course you're born with predisposition predispositions for those things but i thought i had a coping mechanism which is just like oh i'll just have a hotter take or oh, oh i'll just read a better book than other people but that's just not really the solution for softening your heart and and for meeting people where they're at and to and for loving people and and loving yourself because if you don't love yourself you really can't love people and so this guy that i quote at the beginning richard Rohr, he's a friar from albuquerque and it's just like his whole his whole thing is is he started the center for action and contemplation and like all throughout college i felt like i was extremely in the action camp but his whole thing was he saw how many activists were burning out and then no longer able to do the activist work and so his whole thing was like look if you want to be a strong activist you need to have a contemplative practice as well otherwise you're going to burn out or you're just going to like turn people against you um, and meanwhile, in other parts of the world, we see a lot of people with an extremely contemplative practice, but no action. So it is a balance. But um, yeah, just starting to read Richard Rohr and some other folks like him, Rob Bell, um, Michael Gungor, it just like 
really, and even like Ken Wilber, it's just really illuminated some things that I think we all know deep down, but uh, we can get lost along the way. And how do you think this connects to what you do musically with a, with a label and your DJing and radio show? Yeah, you know, I think ideally um, it's kind of, I'm trying to foster, I guess, deep listening practices and to foster like embodied experiences. Um, it's, it's, it, I, it is harder right now during the pandemic to foster an embodied experience since there's no dance floors. Um, but I don't know, like I'm catching a step in my kitchen listening to music in my headphones in the morning. And it's been like, that. there's been little slices of joy in my day. But with the music, uh, the label, I'm just really trying to put out timeless music through a sound system or that you want to like put in your headphones and close your eyes and get those goosebumps and, and get lost in like the, you know, the ever present now um, without thinking about what's next or something you did wrong yesterday or whatever, you know, that weird thing you said on the phone. Um, and with the radio show, there's a chat room, which is what makes radio shows fun. But sometimes I'll play a song that's like really deep. I, I can think of a couple examples off my head, just like really beautiful, lush pieces. And um, the chat room will go silent. And I'm like, oh God, do people not like this song? And then after the song, everyone's like, sorry, got lost in that one. Didn't want to chat anymore. And it's like, wow, that's the highest praise possible. It's like not having people chat in the chat room. So yeah it's it's you know a lot of folks in, in who do what we do talk a lot about escapism and i'm I, i'm kind of like trying to turn that on its head and be like no we're actually like really digging into the now we're really if, if anything we're escaping our anxieties and our fears and we're seeing the reality and how beautiful it really is does that make sense we'll be back soon with more ideas and inspiration <laughs>